Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the sermon? Please pull the seat belt and snuck it in. You cannot get out of here. Because today the sermon will be very strong, okay? We need to wrap up this year with a strong sermon. I will read many scriptures and I will make a conclusion. But I want to let you know that what I preach is not my own idea, but is from the scripture. Before I preach, I'd like to say something quickly to be example. A few weeks ago, I have a cut saw in my finger here because I have to put alcohol and alcohol make my hand dry. And during the big surgery, I have to put my hand inside deep in the back of my patient and try to manipulate the screw and the rod. So that saw become deeper and more painful because hand has a lot of nerve cell. So for a few weeks, I have this sharp pain in my finger all the time. And Pastor Dan knows very well. I try everything. I try Tylenol, ibuprofen. Until one day, the Lord spoke to me in my car. Son, repent. You teach about prayer, but you never pray. You just keep taking ibuprofen. I keep looking at my soul and I thought it's going to go away. Then God said, a big prayer, ask me to perform miracle. So I repented. And he said, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, but I didn't pray for my own hand. On 23rd, 24th, I cried out to God, Lord, heal me. I repented and asked God, because the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And that is a sin. I don't trust God enough to pray. I repented and God answered. I woke up on the 25th in the morning. That saw is gone. The pain that stabbing my hand is gone. I'm happier now. Now I look back that how many patients, this is a little saw in my finger and it hurts so much. And my patient who has nerve compression, pain down the leg, pain down the arm, day and night. And I start to sympathize them that, wow, they must suffer a lot. And when they come to see doctor and fix the problem and the pain is gone, how wonderful it is that the problem is fixed because they go to see the right doctor. Now, this is just introduction. I'm going to go into the sermon. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There are two things we have to choose here. Perishing, trouble, sickness, disease, defeat, or poverty. Or curses, or we're gonna choose repentance, which is the way out from preaching. Let me read more scripture here to show you more and more what happened. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 on to verse 4. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There are two laws here: the law of the flesh that lead to sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then Roman chapter six. I will make a conclusion later on. Roman chapter six verses one and two. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who die to sin, live any longer in it? Verses eleven and twelve. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it. In it lasts, verses thirteen to sixteen, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instrument of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slave to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death. Everyone says sin lead to death. Sin lead to destruction, lead to curses, poverty, and problem. Or of obedience leading to righteousness. All this scripture talking about righteousness and sin. After this sermon, I pray that you will come to the point that you will hate sin, and you will realize that sin is bad. For me, I'm a doctor. I'm a physician. I'm a fighter. I like to fight for my patient when they come in with pain, suffering, cancer, tumor, and disease. To me, I look at the sickness as my big enemy. I love to fight. I'm a kung fu fighter in the spirit and as a doctor, because sickness is bad and it's killing. It's destroying people's life. It's destroying people's happiness, finances. I've seen so many families, so many women and men who got divorced because they are sick, and eventually their spouse left them. So many people lost their home, lost their car, and their job because of their sickness. I'm trying to compare sin to sickness. As human beings, we all hate sickness. Is that right? How many people love sickness? Raise your hand up. I'm going to make a brain transplant for you. No one. Thank God. No one loves sickness. We hate sickness. We don't like sickness. And sin, even worse than sickness, because sin will cause destruction to our life in many ways: physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, 
family, relationship, everything. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans here that don't get into sin. Don't use the grace of God as the ticket to sin. Actually, many doctrines in the body of Christ are wrong to say that we can sin because we have the big grace of God. Actually, grace is the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. And his name is Holy Spirit. It means when we have grace, the Holy Spirit, we should not sin because he is holy. Amen? Now I will continue to read the scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. For the flesh, this was written by the same man. His name is Apostle Paul. You can see the parallel picture between Galatians and the book of Romans. I know this is a heavy message, but you need to hear because it's going to save you from a lot of calamities and perishing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit, which means the Holy Spirit, this scripture was written to believer, not to the non-believer. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. The spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You want to do good, but you cannot do because the sin, the flesh inside you, stir you to sin against God. Verses 18 to 21. Now, give us the list of sin or evil desire, the lustful desire of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reverie, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such thing will not inherit the kingdom of God. The list of sin here. Now, God created us to be a human being that has freedom of choice. Everyone say freedom of choice. We all have choices. Amen? Don't blame other people. I have choice. You have choice. Now, we can make a choice to be led by the flesh, which will lead to sin and death. Or we're going to make a choice to be led by the Holy Spirit that will lead to life and great fellowship with the Lord. I want to say one thing. Okay, before I go on, let me give some foundation or background or basic thing for people who are new here or people who don't know God. As a human being, we have three parts. We have the physical body, which is the vessel that our spirit dwells in. One day, this body will go back to the dust and we're going to have a new body in heaven. This is just temporary home. Number two, we have the mind. The mind can help our body and spirit to connect to the things of the world. The mind receives information, feeling, understanding. When we read the book, our mind will understand the language. That is the mind. But our real self is the spirit. When you call Pastor Lao, you call my spirit, not my body. Because my body, I can have a plastic surgery and change my body. I can be changed. But... My real person is my spirit, and the mind will work with my spirit. When we go to heaven, our spirit and mind will go together to heaven. 
our body will not be here. And when we are born again, the spirit come and live on the inside of us. This is a basic understanding. The second basic understanding before I go on and preach, because many of you are new. Number two, as a human being living on earth with a body, mind, and spirit, we have three enemies that will cause us to sin against God. Everyone says sin is yucky. Sin is like cancer. Sin is killing. Everyone say, I hate sin. Okay, make sure we hate sin. Because there are two, three things in our life that cause us to sin against God and to, to destroy us, to steal the good things from us. Number one, our own flesh. Our flesh has a sinful nature. Our flesh want to do bad things. Number two, Satan and evil spirit that are around us and sometimes dwell in us. Demon can dwell in people, can live inside people. And number three, the world system. The world system is against the system of God. If you watch all the movie and read all the newspaper, you can see that the idea and the mentality of the world is against the Bible. Never go along with the Bible. So these three things are bombarding us and put temptation into our life. Now, if you are not a Christian, and I was not a believer before, before I became a Christian, I was not a believer. I did not have the Holy Spirit in me. The only thing I know is to be led by my flesh. When I get angry, I want to punch somebody. When I get mad, I will yell and I will do wrong thing because my flesh is leading me. We call yielding to the flesh. And that is the normal thing for the people who don't have the Holy Spirit. Number two, being led by the law, which means that we know what is right, what is wrong from the Bible. And the law tells us, actually the law is good. The Ten Commandments are good. It tells us not to kill, to steal, to take advantage of people. The law is good. But what happened in the Old Testament, the Jews in the Old Testament of the children of Israel could not follow the law. The Bible says in the book of Romans, because the flesh is weak, therefore we cannot follow the law. We are so weak. So that's why in the Old Testament, the children of Israel could not follow the law of Moses or the Ten Commandments. What they have to do is to bring the animal sacrifice to the tabernacle or the temple and sacrifice the animal. The blood will cover their sin for one year. After that, they have to do again next year. That animal sacrifice is symbolic of Jesus Christ who came into the world, shed his blood, but will not only cover our sin, but wash our sin away 100% for eternity. Once for all, one time, we don't have to kill animal anymore. So Jesus' blood cover our mistake and sin, pay for our sin. So you can walk under the law. Or you can walk according to the Spirit. In the New Testament time now, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we cannot walk under the law because if we walk, number one, we cannot walk under the law because number one, we don't know all the law anyway. I don't know all the law either in the Bible, even though I'm a preacher. Number two, by our own strength, we cannot follow the law. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. Number three, if we walk under the law, we're going to be prideful and say, how great I am. Number four, we cannot walk under the law because the law cannot be applied to each situation in the same way. Holy Spirit will know how to apply each law to each situation. For example, even the law of giving. 
Who should give to this or that? Who gonna lead us where to give? The Holy Spirit. We cannot just write a check and give to everyone in the whole world. Then you will deplete your resources. You cannot give to everybody. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we have three choices. Okay. Number one, led by the flesh, which will lead to sin and death and destruction and corruption. Or two, we cannot be led by the law, but we will be tired because we cannot follow the law ourselves. Or we're gonna be led by the Holy Spirit. I make a choice to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know the law, and the law is good. We need to study the Bible and read the Bible, but we should be led by the Spirit of God. Now, come to the question: Can Pastor Lao sin against God? Yes. Do I still sin against God sometimes? Yes. I just share with you. My testimony that I sinned against God, I did not ask God. I was too prideful as a doctor to depend on myself instead of asking God in humility. I sinned against God. Do we have to choose the flesh and sin against God? We don't have to. But can we do that? Yes. So what happened if you and I, believer, choose to follow the flesh and not the spirit? Choose to break the law of God. What happened? We all have temptation. The temptation can come. The devil can give us suggestions, imaginations, thoughts, temptation, something that come in. As long as we don't entertain them, we don't yield to them. We are not sinning yet. But once we yield to the temptation or to the suggestions of the enemy or the imagination, then we sin against God. What happened if Pastor Lao sinned against God? Before I answer the question, we have to understand the differences between the two words here: relationship and fellowship. Relationship is different from fellowship. I have a relationship with my wife legally as a husband and wife, but do we have good fellowship? Some husband and wife never talk to each other for years, and they still married. They still have the certificate, marriage certificate. When you sin against God, is your relationship with God changed? No, you are still His children. He's still your dad. He still loves you. Your sin will not change His grace and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the love of God for you. Your relationship with Him is not changed, but your fellowship with Him is changed. Sin. Cause broken fellowship or communion between man and God. So that's why we have to choose: we're gonna follow the flesh, or we're gonna follow the Holy Spirit. When we sin against God or yield to temptation, our fellowship with God is broken. I like the analogy in the Bible. The Bible compare our relationship with God as daddy and son and daughter. I remember when I was a young boy, the person that I don't want to offend, the person that I want to please the most, is my dad and my mom, because my dad like to buy toy for me, and he like to buy clothes for me. I don't want to make my dad upset with me. Now I grew up, I left my home. God compare our relationship with Jesus as the bride and the groom, as a marriage relationship. He is our groom, 
and we are his bride. So now I left my house. I'm not under my dad anymore, but I live in another house with another person named Pastor Da. Happy wife, happy life. Unhappy wife, miserable life. So the most important thing in my life is the good fellowship with my wife now. You see, that's why when Pastor Da says something, yes, dear, okay, la, whatever you want, because I know that the most important thing in my life, I'm talking about in the natural, not about spiritual life, is my relationship with my wife, my fellowship with my wife. We need to have good fellowship in the spiritual realm, in the universe. The most important thing to you and me is our strong fellowship with God. Amen? Rebellion can affect our fellowship with God. Actually, I plan to read scripture every Sunday from now on. The promises of God that show us that when we have strong fellowship with God, what are the blessings? I just quote a few. This is from the scripture. Fruitfulness, blessing on us and on our children. Prolonged days of life, live a long life. Preservation of life, success, deliverance, respect, earn, authority, friendship with God, abundant goodness, revelation of truth, angelic protection, provision of all needs. When we have good fellowship with God, when we obey God, God says, I will bless you, I will take care of you. And that's why the last person in the world, besides human being, my wife, you know, people may not be happy with me, it's okay with me. I want to make sure my wife is happy with me. Period. Because I want to have good fellowship with my wife. Amen? But in the world, I don't want my God to be unhappy with me. Because I know I want to have fellowship with God. And if I have good fellowship with God, all these things are going to fall into my lap. Success, restoration, protection. It just happened to me this morning. I tell you the story. It just shocked me this morning. I came to the church around 9.30 a.m. I was driving out of the I-90 freeway, get up and turn left into the small road that parallel the freeway. That road has one lane each, back and forth. The lane that I go toward the church on the right hand, we drive on the right hand in America. I drive on the right hand and it says 25 miles per hour. I was driving and suddenly the Holy Spirit steered my hand this is a true story, I'm not lying. The Holy Spirit steal my hand out of the road like this. The road curved like this. Okay, I don't see what's coming at all because the road was curving along the neighbor around here. The Holy Spirit steal my hand out of the road. This is not the way I drive. I don't go out of the road. You know, suddenly a car came on that lane. Wrong lane. 70 miles an hour. So fast, on the wrong lane, my lane. I was like, wow. If the Holy Spirit did not pull me out, I'm going to have a head-on collision and I may die. And I will not make it to church this morning. Should we give hand to God? A foolish man, a woman, I don't know, so fast, drove in the wrong lane at the 25 miles per hour road lane, 
wrong side at seven miles per hour so fast. I don't know he hit somebody else or not, but it's so dangerous. And God protected me. Because I'm the man who fear God, and I want to get right with God all the time. I want to have a fellowship with God. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 mention about when we yield to the Holy Spirit. What happened? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So the Bible says we can choose the flesh, which will lead to sin, or we can choose the Holy Spirit, which will lead to love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Then continue to read verses 24 to 26. The Bible says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. We cannot kill our body. Jesus was crucified on the cross as a symbol to us that we need to crucify this flesh. We have to say no to the flesh with its passions and desire. If we live in the Spirit, we follow the Holy Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We need to die to the flesh. When the flesh rise up, push it down and say, "I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit." Amen. Galatians chapter six, verses one to three say, "Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted." The Bible say a man, a Christian man or Christian woman, can fall into sin, and I can too. We, instead of condemning each other, pointing finger to each other, we should help restore. Because when you point finger, don't forget four or three more finger point toward you, and you can be tempted and you can fall too. So the Bible warns us that you can fall, I can fall, we all can fall into the flesh. We can follow the flesh and make mistake and sin against God. We all can sin against God. Is that right? You agree? How many people say I never sinned in my life? I think if you raise hand, you lie. We all make mistake. We all sin against God. We restore one another, help each other. Now, the way to get out from preaching and the way to get out from problem. Is to acknowledge that I have sinned against God. Let me read many scripture here. Psalm chapter 51 verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before. Jeremiah 3:13. Only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God, and have scattered your charms. Jeremiah chapter 14 verse 20. We acknowledge, O oh Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against you. Everyone say acknowledge. Luke chapter 5, verses 31 to 32. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous. But sinners to repentance. Jesus used the analogy of the doctor and the patient. 
Let me compare this way. Sin is a spiritual sickness. Okay, cancer is a physical sickness. Arthritis is a physical sickness. And when you think that you are not sick, you will not go to see doctor because you don't want to pay medical bill. It's expensive. You stay home. You do not think about it. But the problem is there are two kind of sicknesses in your body. I'm trying to compare physical sickness to the spiritual sickness. There are two kinds of sicknesses. Number one, the sickness that is dormant and not symptomatic. Do you know why, when you reach certain age, you need to have physical checkup? Why you have to check cholesterol, blood sugar? Because you can have high cholesterol and die of stroke and heart attack without knowing that you have such a high cholesterol in your body if you never check. You are sick, but you don't know. Why? Women have to do mammogram because if you discover breast cancer soon enough, why it's still in the duct, small, you can get rid of it and get rid of that cancer and be cured hundred percent completely. That's why women have to do mammogram every year. Why women at certain age have to do Pap smear to check that they don't have we call uterine cancer. Why? Men and women at 50 years old have to do colonoscopy, and if it's negative, you do every 10 years, because there can be a dormant colon cancer. Colon cancer is one of the most fatal disease for men in America. Prostate cancer too. Why we have physical checkup to check the blood regarding prostate cancer? Because we want to detect a symptomatic disease, and when you find out, you go to see the doctor. Is that right? When you're sick, you see the doctor. You know you have a problem. The same thing, why we read the Bible every day? Why we go to the church every Sunday? Why we get touched by the fire and let the Holy Spirit touch us? That's all about physical checkup. To know that you have some sickness in your life and you need to see the doctor. You need to repent and you need to get rid of it before it will destroy your home, your finances, your health, and everything in your life. Why I have to preach so strong like this? Because this is a physical checkup. Today is a physical checkup. To make sure you know that you have a problem or not. If I compromise the message, the member of the church will not know that they are living in sin and they can get into trouble. So we go to church every Sunday as a physical checkup to get some vitamin, some food, and strong message so that you can hear, oh, wow, I have bad attitude. I need to repent. Wow, I serve God with the wrong idea. I need to repent. I'm cheating the tax government. I need to repent. You need to repent. You need to get rid of all those junk because there are sickness in your body and going to destroy you in your spirit. Amen? So we come to church. We learn the truth so that we know the truth and the truth shall set us free. Can we yield to the flesh and sin against God? Yes. Do we have to no, we can say no to every temptation. But do we sometimes say yes to temptation? Yes. And when we sin against God, we can respond to God three ways. This is the human responses when they sin against God. Number one, the first way is to say, I'm unfitted to be the child of God. I'm hopeless now. I'm going to run away from the church. I don't want to meet God anymore. God doesn't love me anymore. I'm bad. Bad, 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 bad. And God doesn't 
want to help me. He doesn't love me anymore. That's the first way. Your heart condemns you when you sin against God, and you feel bad about it. The second way to respond to sin is to say, "Oh, God knows even before the creation of the world that that day I'm going to sin." He knows from the beginning to the end, and Jesus already paid for that sin for me on the cross. It's not a big deal. He paid for my sin already. I'm covered by grace, so not a big deal. I can sin again. God understand me. He loved me anyway. That is the second way of responding to sinning against God. Both of them are wrong. You cannot run away because you are condemned inside your heart, or you cannot say it's okay because sin will lead to destruction and death. I'm very concerned right now in the body of Christ when I heard the preaching on the pulpit that it's okay to sin. Because sin will lead to death, no matter what, will lead to demonic attack, will lead to curses. You want to get rid of them as fast as you can. It's like cancer in your life. You hate me to hate them. Get out of here. I don't want that in my house. I don't want that in my life at all. Okay. When we sin, what is the third way, the right way that we should respond to God when we sin against God, or yield to temptation, or yield to the flesh? First John. Chapter one, verses three to four. Wow, you enjoy the sermon so much today. You look so intense today. First John chapter one, three to four. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And this thing we write to you, that you your joy may be full. When you have good fellowship with God. Your joy will be full. You will be happy. Amen. Amen. Because you know that your relationship with God is right. He is pleased with you. You're gonna walk into the blessing, to the victory, to the grace, to the new favor level of God, into the success. God gonna protect you. God gonna bless your children. I have no doubt at all. God gonna bless my children because I'm a man who fear God. I'm a man who have the right fellowship with God. I repent very quickly. I turn around very quickly toward God. I keep my fellowship with God very strong all the time. The communion with God strong all the time. Nothing is more important in your life than to have the strong fellowship with the Lord. He is the answer to everything in your life. Amen. Amen. But if your fellowship with God is broken, what happened? The book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 15, say, "Good understanding gives favor. If you understand God's way, you please Him, you repent, He gives you favor. But the way of transgressors, the way of rebellious people, the way of the disobedient people, is hard. How many people want favor? Raise your hand up. How many people want to live a hard way? I don't want to. When your fellowship with God is broken, your life gonna be hard. Don't blame God; it's your own choice. Amen. Look at First John one five to seven. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declared to you: that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, 
and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What does it mean here? Let me explain this passage of Scripture to you. God is light, no sin at all. He is completely perfect, pure, holy, sinless. He is sinless, no sin at all. And as we walk in the light, what does it mean? We walk in the light means two things. Number one, I walk according to what I know in the Bible. Before I know that I need to tithe to the local church, I did not tithe because I did not know. But once I know, I tithe. I walk in the light that I know. Or two, what it means is I walk according to the Spirit. Even though I may not know all the Scripture, but the Holy Spirit tell me to do something, I obey. And when I obey, I walk in the light. When I walk in the word that I know, and I walk according to the Spirit, I walk in the light, and then my fellowship with God is strong. My fellowship with God is perfect. And I can claim the promise of God, provision, protection, fruitfulness, blessing on my kids, on my grandkids, honor, respect, everything. I can claim the promises of God. But in reality, even though I do my best to follow the Holy Spirit, even though I do my best to follow the word of God that I know from studying the Bible, but I still make mistakes because I'm a human being. But as, as long as I don't make mistakes or sin against God deliberately, I do it out of ignorance. What cover me? What help me? The blood of Jesus Christ. The reason Jesus has to die for us because no man in the world, including you and me, can be perfect enough to walk in the light perfectly 100% of the time. We all make mistakes. We all sin against God because of ignorance, because of the lack of knowledge. So the blood of Jesus cleanses and helps us. You see the picture now why we need the blood of Jesus. Now, the conclusion. How to get back to the good health. How to get back to the victory. Verse 9. First John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we make a mistake, we sin against God. We follow the flesh. We yield to the temptation. We yield to strife, hatred, adultery, fornication, Cheating, selfishness, pride. What we need to do to get back. What is the way back to victory? To the life of the, of the blessing. The life of victory. That we can overcome all the obstacles. We can be specifically protected. We can be rising up in a higher level of life. What is the key? Acknowledging that I sin against God. And confess that sin and ask God for forgiveness. Then the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And our relationship and fellowship with God will be strong again. Then we can claim the promise of God. 
Then we can walk in the victory that He has in store for us. We can walk into the super abundant life that He has prepared for us all these years, because we repent, we acknowledge that we are wrong. The Bible say, "God give grace to the humble. If you humble yourself, come to the altar and say, 'God, I'm wrong. I'm sorry.'" I have done wrong against you. I acknowledge my sin. I should not have done it, but I choose to follow my flesh and I choose to yield to the temptation. Once you confess that, you acknowledge that, and ask God for forgiveness, He is just and faithful. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and your fellowship with God will be restored again. Then you can pray with confidence. You can believe God. Your prayer should get answered. Amen. You should see miracle happen in your life. I just experienced that this morning. The protection. Actually, my experience this morning is the same thing as being led by the Spirit. I was led by the Spirit. According to the law, I should drive on the road 25 miles per hour. Oh, at right second, the Holy Spirit told me and pulled my steering wheel out of the road without good reason at all. No scientific reason to pull my car out of the road, and that that car came by. Protection, angelic protection, led by the Spirit of God every single day. Amen. Now, in conclusion, the key to victory is to walk according to the Spirit. Two, the key to victory is to repent, acknowledge your wrong, your mistake, your rebellion, and turn around and get right with God as soon as possible. Three, hate sin. And realize that sin is destructive. It will kill you, steal from you, destroy your life. Repent of sin. Hate sin, but love sinners. Love God and righteousness. Amen. I know this is a very intense message, but I believe if you can get this into your spirit, and from now on live a Christian life that way. You're gonna see the victory in front of you. You shall overcome all the obstacle. You shall have victory over any enemy that come against you. God gonna raise you higher and higher than before, and you will become what God you created you to be. And you're gonna reach to the destiny that God has prepared for you. You will become a victor, not a victim. And I declare that. And I believe that if you receive the message today, and those who receive this message say Amen. Amen. How many people say from now on I'm going to hate sin? Sin may not be adultery or fornication or watching pornography. Sin can be little pride in your heart. Sin can be judgmental spirit, judging people in the church. Sin can be discrimination, little little sin that you think is okay to do. Don't even play with any kind of sin. Amen. Repent as soon as possible.
gossiping, talking something behind the scene to make another person lose the reputation. Those are sin too. Amen. Sometimes when people come to me and report about some problem in another church, I just keep my mouth shut. It's not my business. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to gossip about that pastor, that church. It's not my business. I don't want to sin against God by gossiping about another church or another, another pastor. Let God deal with them. I'm, it's not my business. I just keep my mouth shut and forget about it and pray for them. I don't want to sin against God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I see a big smile on your face? Can you say thank you for teaching this truth? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Last night before I went to bed, the Lord spoke to me. He said, "You can choose either the flesh or the fire. If you choose the flesh, you sin against me. If you choose the fire." The fire will burn the flesh inside you, and you shall live a holy life, and you shall be blessed. The reason our church believe in the fire of God, we love revival. We love to be touched by the fire, because I know that the fire will come and destroy the flesh in the church. I have been in revival in the fire for how many years now? Almost twenty years. I can see the change in my life so much. The fire of God burn. All the junk inside me, all the flesh, all the sinful desire, all the evil desire inside me. So the church have to choose between having a nice coffee stand and the flesh and try to please the flesh, or we're gonna choose the fire, the fire of holiness. As a pastor, as long as I live in this church, I can choose the fire of God. I don't want the flesh in this church because the flesh gonna destroy my members. Amen. That's why, if you notice, we don't try to do anything to please your flesh in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to hear the truth that the Apostle Paul wrote, the Apostle John wrote in the epistles. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for reminding your people the important. Subject that they should know, that is to repent, to hate sin, and to walk in righteousness, to have the good, strong fellowship with you all the days of their life, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the promise. Lord, I believe that when your people in this house have good fellowship with you by repenting every day. Walking according to the Spirit every day, they shall experience victory, success, honor, respect, blessing, miracles. They will experience the sunshine of God every day. They shall see the goodness of God in their life, Father. The favor of God will be showered upon them in a new way, Father. Good breaks, good opportunities, and. They will meet the right people at the right time. You will open the door for them, Lord, because they are the repentant people, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your teaching today by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If today 
you have anything in your life that you feel that you struggle and you want to repent, you want to overcome that struggling in your life, you can come out to the altar, and I and Pastor Da will pray for you. Maybe you struggle with some movie, some books. Maybe your flesh is so strong. You like to drink, smoke, drugs. No condemnation in this house. We just want you to get set free from those things. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come out with a repentant heart. Come out with a humble heart. Thank you, Jesus. Repent. Get right with God. Humble yourself. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I have made mistake. I have yielded to temptation. I have yielded to my flesh. Lord, sometimes forgive me, Lord, that I don't listen to Your Holy Spirit. I'm not led by the Spirit. But by surrounding things, by my desire, Father, if there are demons involved here, we command that demons have to leave their mind and their body, the house, the temple of God. Their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Any demonic activity have to go away in the name of Jesus Christ. Be free, be delivered. Go away, Lord. Help them to crucify their flesh. Help them to walk according to the Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May the fire of God burn the work of the flesh. May the fire of God burn demonic power in their life. Burn, burn the curses. The bondage burn. Anything is not of heaven. May the fire of God sanctified, purified to be the pure gold. I command anything that is not from heaven to go away right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go. In the name of Jesus. Purified. Sanctification. Sanctification. 
purification anything that is not of God Lord we are patient we know we are sick that's why we come to see the doctor we come to see Jesus our doctor we need doctors we need Jesus we need the Holy Spirit be sensitive and be led by the Holy Spirit <laughs> yes Lord yes Lord be spiritual not be carnal carnality go down crucify the flesh crucify the flesh crucify the flesh fire 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 crucify the flesh crucify the flesh fire fire crucified yes the fire of God burn any junk any things that is not from heaven fire 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 filled May the Lord perform an operation Anything Of the flesh But you <laughs> Thank you Jesus <laughs> Fire Let the Holy Spirit burn on the inside of you Let the Holy Spirit burn Burn Fire Burn! Yeah, carve them out. Carve them out. Carve them out. Carve them out. The curse. Go. Go! Carve them out. Fire! 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 Carve them out. Go! In the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Fire! 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 Burn! Any sickness, any spiritual sickness. Anything that is not of Jesus, go! Fire, burn the flesh! Burn the flesh! Fire! 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 Burn! 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 Use them, Father. Let them encounter God like Isaiah, chapter 6. Let them encounter the Holy God. The glory of the Lord fill their life. They encounter. The angel will bring, yes, the cold, the, the, the fire to touch their tongue, to touch their mind. The fire of God touch them. Yes, like I say, <laughs> the Holy God. Touch the Holy God. Yes, fire. 
fire, fire, more fire, more fire, purify, make them like Jesus. Anything of the flesh, go down. Anything of the spirit, come up. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.